Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about how to get off the bench. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Hey, everybody. I'm glad that you're tuning in this week. This week's portion is called Natsvaim and Bayalech. Now, I'm not sure if the Tree of Life version got overly exuberant or not, but it is a double portion this week. According to the Tree of Life version app, which is where I get my um, tour portions from, all you have to do is download the app. And um, no, I'm not getting any uh, promotional for um, letting you know about that. I just happen to like the app and I, I really love my Bible. That's Tree of Life. It is Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses 9 through 30 chapter 30, I should say, to verse 20, chapter 31, verses 1 through 30, and the half Torah portion is Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 to chapter 63, verse 9, Hosea chapter 14, 2 through 10, and Micah chapter 7, 18 through 20, and last but not least, Joel chapter 2, verses 15 to 27. The Brit Hadashah is John chapter 15 verses 1 through 11 and Romans chapter 10 verses 1 through 17. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness beforehand as um, I may not sound exactly normal today simply because this past week um, I live in North Carolina and by the time it hit us it was a tropical storm but there was a hurricane that hit Florida and although all we had to deal with was rain and wind it very, very wonderfully for us also brought the temperature down. Unfortunately, that affects my allergies. And I'm also living in a renovation zone, which means that there's all sorts of dust and debris in my air that is not normally there. So my um, lungs and whatnot are not super happy about breathing at the moment. But praise God, I am. And praise praise the Lord that um, we were not... Uh, very greatly affected by the storm. I pray for those that, that were, and I pray that the damage, if there was any, um, was not too great and that there was no loss of life. This week has been very interesting for us, not only the hurricane, but some other things happened. And it's kind of what brought me into, uh, this thought process of talking about how to get off the bench. And many, um, may not know or understand that kind of thought process and, I don't mention it and I haven't mentioned it in quite some time, probably for a couple of years on this podcast where I talked about how I first got on, um, listening to podcasts and really the Lord laying on my heart to start my own podcast. And that actually started from the Heidi St. John podcast. Now she's not a messianic believer. She is a believer and we definitely do not see eye to eye on many things, but on many things we do. And one of her key phrases is it's, you know, you need to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I'm sure I've maybe even done a podcast about it before, but I was thinking about it this weekend um, because we were doing some things that uh, we don't normally do um, as a congregation. We're part of a congregation. We're in charge of a congregation. God has um, placed us in charge of this uh, wonderful congregation in Wilmington called Beth Simca. And um, we actually had an outdoor service this past week. And not only did we have an outdoor service in a park, we also were blessed with um, George and Bot Rivka Witten, who came as well 
to minister to us and to um, just be with us and, and for us to be in fellowship together. And um, it was really great being able to see them. We've seen them a couple times before. And um, it was really just a blessing to see them, but also to get out of our comfort zone. And that's really what it comes down to when you're getting off the bench. So I think as believers, we get so comfortable and complacent in what we're doing that we forget that it may not actually be in God's plan for us to do that. And I wanted to really have some uh, biblical verses to kind of back up this thought process. And so all I did is I Googled getting off the bench in the Bible and I came across this article. Um from sermoncentral.com and uh it's by it was contributed by kelly benton in 2014 and yet you know it's still valid today and i think what else is pretty funny is that she is i'm assuming it's a she um she has written an article kind of giving you the analogy between our lives as believers and sports. And for those of you who know me, uh, our family doesn't even watch sports. And I'm sure that that really goes back to, for me, at least on my side, I grew up watching sports and absolutely hating it. I hated that I was not allowed to watch things I wanted to watch because my grandfather or my mother or my sister were really into whatever sport that they were watching and we had to watch the game. Never mind if the person watching it might have been taking a nap in the middle of it. <clears throat> Mom. But you know what? It, it left me with some great memories, but also with the profound feeling of, I mean, I, there's really no nice way of putting it. I felt it was very, what a waste. <laughs> and I'm sure that's not the right thought process because there are definitely way worse things you could be watching on TV. And I'm sure some of the things I wanted to watch, especially as a teenager, were not uh, necessarily uh, gratifying or glorifying to the Lord. But um, I just felt really dumbfounded by people who would watch these sports and get so into it and so um, committed and so involved with the sports team that they were so into that they would stand up, scream, hoot and holler based on if they were losing or if they were winning. And you'd see these same people at church on Sunday because remember I grew up in the church and they couldn't even be bothered to stand up and raise their hands and worship the, the creator of the universe. And it blew my mind. I couldn't understand it. Like you can, you can lose your mind over a bunch of people who can't see you couldn't care if you're watching and yet we don't have that same kind of mentality when it comes to Yeshua and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and to Adonai. And for me, my thought process was, I'm not going to be bothered with that. My other thought process was, a majority of people who watch sports have never played the sport that they're obsessed with in their life. And yet they act like they are the ones who either created the game or know all the ins and outs of it, but they've never actually played the game. And I think that's why when I, when and if, and this is a big if, if I ever watch the Olympics, the only sports that I'm really into and I've really been into is gymnastics. 
And for those of you who don't know, I did seven years of gymnastics growing up. And so I am involved in that because I have a better understanding. I do not claim to have even like, I don't know, nine, 9% of understanding, but I have a good understanding of what the athlete is going through in a small way, because I never got to their level, obviously, but in a small way, I do have an idea of what they're going through and how intense and how difficult some of these things that they do are. Now, all of that being said, I wanted to read to you a little bit of this article because I think it has some really great points for those of us who are believers. I do ask for your grace as I'm um, attempting to breathe and not sound extremely congested. I may take breaks to half a glass of water, just take a sip or two, just so I can continue speaking. In life, I've noticed some very valuable lessons, and the truth is, no matter how old I get, God is still teaching me. Life will beat us down, but we need to get up and keep going. We're called to keep in the game, so to speak. I believe in sports that most games are lost by lack of genuine effort. Many things in life are lost just because we don't do anything about them. We get on the court, field, or even the mat, and once we get knocked down, we lose because we don't get back up. And the truth is that doing nothing will accomplish nothing. In 2 Timothy 4, 2-4, in the Tree of Life version that I have here, it says, Proclaim the word. Be ready when it is convenient or inconvenient. Confront, rebuke, encourage with complete patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not put up with sound instruction, but they will pile up for themselves teachers in keeping with their own desires to have their ears tickled. And they will turn away from hearing the truth and wander off to myths. Now in theirs, it says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. And basically the rest of it is about the same. We read a warning, if you will, from Paul to Timothy. It, this is Paul's attempt to let Timothy know how very important it is that he stands faithful with the word of God. That he needs to stay in the game. The importance is still here today. I believe that we too need to stand up, get in the game, and as Paul writes, the time will come. And as I look around us in today's world, I see that that time is now. This is a time for us as believers to decide. We need to decide. Are we going to be a bench warmer? Or are we going to get into the game? Or as Heidi St. John says, get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Are we going to be a member on the team or simply a spectator? Many have sat on the bench for far too long. We have only been a spectator and have not been a key player. I believe that being a believer is much like being an athlete. So I'm going to share with you three main similarities that I believe can enhance us into being better followers of Yeshua. Obviously I'm changing some of the writing to fit what I'm talking to and who I'm speaking to. One is be a defensive Christian. As believers, we need to keep the enemy, Hasatan and his demons, from scoring on us. I can't tell you how many times I have failed in this area of the game. 
Every time I feel guilty because of how I acted in certain situations. I allowed the enemy to score. Every time I doubt my calling that Adonai has given me, I allow the enemy to score. Every time I allow my flesh to take control and I lose my moral compass, my bearing, I allow the enemy to score. Bad days in life happen, don't they? But how we react to those bad days is really important in this game. Maybe you can find some similarities in your life to this story I'm about to tell you. This past Friday has been very interesting. Uh, we, my husband's car broke down. Um, at least we it broke down to the point where we called AAA and had them ship it, uh, tow it to our mechanic. And we had just gotten it back from our mechanic last week and, and spent over a grand fixing it. And so the fact that we would have to do that again is absolutely insane. Um, turned out it was not a big deal. I guess it was not in the right gear or something. So it wasn't starting because of that. But we were down to one car and I was at work with my car. And so when my husband texted me, he said, Hey, my kid, you know, our kids can't get to school because my car won't start. I could have started like, you know, getting really frustrated and angry or just racing home, maybe got myself in an accident because of the reaction I chose to take. But I chose not to do that. I said, okay, I'll be home as soon as I can. Got home, took care of that. Came inside to our house. And when I came inside, I found that while we were not home, our 10-month-old mini schnauzer had decided to take a snack on many things, including my Nook, which for those of you who do not know, it's a tablet. It's an e-reader. It's where I have over 600 books that I would like to read on it, plus a few other things. And thankfully, I had what's a keyboard cover over it. And if I had not had that keyboard cover over it and he had chewed on the actual screen, he would have probably gotten glass in his mouth, some dust, you know, some glass dust in his mouth, probably would have killed my, my dog. And I'm so thankful for that cover. Now, I could be here so upset and angry and being like, we need to get rid of this dog. I'm so mad at him for getting rid of it, you know, messing up my, my tablet. That's more money we have to spend, blah, 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 blah. I chose to take a step back and say, well, hold on. You know, this, this puppy is just a puppy. It's just a baby. In terms of people, he's just a baby. And he was doing it because he doesn't know better. We definitely need to get him some training. <laughs> this is not the, the first time he has eaten something he shouldn't have. He ate all my my recipe, my recipe book. So all my recipes I have to reprint and redo. But anyways, um, you know, I chose to take a minute and say, okay, like, you know what? He's alive, but my nook is dead. I cannot fix it. It's not replaceable. We tried to call and find out if we could just fix the screen because it actually still works, but there's no way you can use it because of the glass. And that was one of my more adult moments. I know that there have been moments in the past where I have lost my ever loving mind on my children or something else where a situation happens where you, you know, you get upset about something. And I think a really good reminder is that yes, we all have bad days. Even my dog had a bad day, but how we choose to handle when we're angry or when life doesn't work the way we want it to, I think is very telling. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 to 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. We all have bad days in life. We get angry. We say something that we regret or do something that we wish we never did. Adonai offers us forgiveness and a brand new start. It's so easy for us to score one for the other team. We need to keep them from scoring. And we also need to hold one another accountable in our walk. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I actually found a shirt that says that um, for my husband. I think it was at a homeschooling convention we went to, and I automatically wanted to buy it for him because I think it's so important for us to keep, we should keep one another accountable and obviously do it in love, not in spite or because you might actually have odd against that person. And this is a great way for you to tell them how wrong they are. It's so that we can sharpen each other so that when we go into battle together, we can rely on one another. Have you ever tried mowing a lawn with dull blades? It really doesn't work too well. And the more you try to do it, the more frustrated you become with the mower. And every spring, you're supposed to do maintenance on your lawnmower. One major part of that maintenance is to sharpen the blades. As the blades are sharpened, the nicks, dents, and small cracks that keep the blade from being effective are taken out. The blades become sharpened and useful in doing what they were made to do. Um, I think this is the first year we actually might have done that. The only reason we did it was because, um, our mower wouldn't start. And so we actually had to take it to get fixed. And so they're like, Hey, while we're there, do you want us to do like, you know, the yearly tune up? And I was like, that is a fantastic idea. We have a riding lawnmower because we do have enough lawn. It's a little under two, two, uh, acres, uh, to mow. And if you don't do it, it is very frustrating when you're trying to mow the lawn and your blades are dull. But likewise, we have a purpose, a job to do as well. We are to praise, worship, and serve Adonai with our lives. And if we are unable to do this effectively, don't you think this might be frustrating to God? Now, I will say God knows who we are. He knows our hearts and he knows how we're going to act and react in different situations. But I don't know about you, but as a parent, I think it's a whole lot less frustrating when you see that your child is doing right. Versus when you see your child going down a path that you don't think is maybe the right thing for them. You see, God wants us to to use each of us in a powerful way. He has mowing jobs, quote unquote, for each of us to do. But we need to stay sharp. We need to be ready to do his will. And we all need maintenance. We're here to sharpen one another. We're to help sharpen one another. We encourage and build each other up in this game of life, keeping each other sharp and useful for Yeshua. And in the process of doing so, we help take away from one another the dents, nicks, and cracks in our lives that hold us back from being effective for our Savior, for Yeshua HaMashiach. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says to preach the word, And their version says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Notice in this passage, the word encourage. I believe we miss this powerful nine letter word many times in our relationships. 
We're not here to beat up one another, to point out our failings, to point out the things that are keeping us dull and ineffective for Yeshua. We are to encourage and build up. In what way does beating one another up verbally or emotionally help the kingdom of God? How does this glorify Yeshua? In what way is that being like him? We need to see one another as Adonai sees us. God doesn't wish for us to fail. He doesn't want us to feel hurt and see us mess up time and time again. God wants us to be encouraged and to continue serving him. God wants to use us to help others, not to tear down, but to encourage and build up. I know I have failed time and time again in this area, but I know that I can't do it alone. And you can't do it alone either. We need to be building each other up. We need to be an encouragement to one another, and we need to be praying for one another. And I know for me, it's it's even more important because that happens to be one of uh, my love language. It's my main one of my main love language, really. Words of affirmation. And so, if I'm not getting any sort of encouragement from anyone, then I question, like, am I doing the right thing? Um, which isn't a bad thing either, because introspection is extremely important, and I think it um, should be done a lot more. Uh, more often than it is uh, in this day and age. That being said, we absolutely should do more encouraging for one another. We need to realize that serving God isn't about us. It's about God and sharing his love. In this game, we need to be an evangelizing believer. And as believers, we need to keep a steady line moving to Yeshua through evangelizing. In any sport, if you're not doing your part, if you're not playing your position, if you're not stepping up to the plate, you're not doing anyone any good. Likewise, as believers, we need to realize that sitting on the bench and being a spectator may be entertaining and comfortable, but we have a coach and he is calling each of us into the game. His desire is that we do our part and contribute to the team. If we aren't in the game, then what good are we? If no one is trying, then no one moves forward. This I, I really, really spoke to me, and I was so, so thankful for Bot Rivka and her husband. But Bot Rivka, she did something that I've been, my husband and I have been trying to do for forever with our congregation, where it comes to time for praise and worship. And, and I'm not speaking to those who are physically unable to get up, but to those, I don't care how old you are. If you're able to get up and move during praise and worship, get up and move. And about Rivka, she saw that. She saw that the majority of the people that came out for our service on Saturday were sitting in their chairs and not moving, not praising, not even clapping their hands, nothing. They were sitting there. Like she was putting on a concert and she made it very clear. This is not a concert. This is a time for us to glorify God, for us to come together and glorify him. That means you get up off your seat. It's time to get off of the bench and get onto the battlefield. So she got a lot of people who would not normally get up, got them up doing some dancing. We had flags. Just even standing up and clapping your hands. And I know for some people that's, that's too much too. But it's like, look, if you look in the word of God, 
at the man after God, God's own heart, that would be David. And what did he do? He danced in the streets, pretty much naked, to glorify the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be his wife, Michal, who was looking down at him scornfully and being like, ew, I can't believe that you're doing that. And you repel me. I don't want to be her. I don't ever want to be her. I want to dance like the only one who's watching is, is God and glorifying him with every part of my being. And even though sitting on the bench can be entertaining and comfortable, Adonai is calling us, calling us to step out of our comfort zone and to get off the bench. His desire is that we do our part and contribute to the team. If we aren't in the game, then what good are we? Once again, if no one is trying, then no one moves forward. If they miss practices from time to time, if they miss their weight training, if they miss out on summer workouts, well, what do they do? They're hindering the goal. The goal is to score as many points as possible before the game is over. So what is our, our goal as, as a believer? Look at the sport of baseball, for example. Is the goal to simply make it home at the end of the game? Or is it to not only make it home, but help get as many people as we can home as well? Just like an athlete, we need to stay in shape. We need to practice and stay sharp in order to score. When we skip out on prayer time, Bible reading, church, we are hurting our relationship with him. Skipping time without an eye should never be an option. Just as scripture tells us we need to be prepared in season and out of season, there's only one way we can stay prepared. Training. It's vitally important for each of us in order to do his will. They give this illustration where they were back in high school. It was a beautiful spring day and she really wanted to play a game of tennis and all of her friends were either busy or gone for whatever reason and just couldn't stop. You know, she just couldn't stop thinking about playing and getting outside. Her dad was the only one home that day. And after calling everyone that she could think of, she finally asked her dad if he wanted to play. He told her sure that he'd play a game, but that he hadn't played in years and was really out of shape. So he asked if he could take it, uh, you know, he asked if she could take it easy on him. And she was so happy that she had someone to finally play a game of tennis with her. And they began to volley the ball back and forth. And she hit a perfect ball right into her father's right rear corner of the court. He dove for the ball, missed it, and landed on his hand. Her father dislocated his pinky on his right hand. Obviously, the game was over. But this is what happens to us as well. When we go so long without practice, without showing up to our congregations, without spending time in Adonai's word, we lose our edge and become ineffective as players, ineffective serving Adonai. We need to discipline ourselves in making it to church and praying each day in our Bible study, because if we're not training ourselves, if we're not making it to practice, then how can we effectively serve God as he calls each of us to do? How many of you in your life have started something maybe because you were curious or something that you thought you really wanted to do 
And it turned out that it actually was a lot more in depth than you thought it would be. It was a lot more difficult than you thought it would be. Um, maybe it took more effort than you were willing to give or that you could give. And so you slowly stopped doing whatever it was that you signed up to do. And then you finally quit. You just stopped showing up. And maybe when you gave your life to Yeshua, you had no idea how tiring and tough it would be. It's been easy for you to skip here and there. Maybe you are on the sidelines contemplating quitting the whole thing. You may think to yourself that this is just too hard to continue and moving forward is never going to happen for you, let alone for anyone else you try to help. So why not just stop? Our life, our believing life has never been promised to be an easy one. It has been said that if you're not getting attacked on a daily basis by the enemy, then maybe you need to get on your knees and pray because if the enemy isn't bothering you, then you are not doing anything for God. But our coach is calling to us. He wants us to get off the bench and step up to the plate. It's time that we get into the game. Or how I like to see it is, it's time for us to get off the bench and into the battlefield. It's time for us to stop looking on the sidelines. It's time for us to step out of our comfort zones. Step into the calling that God has placed on our lives. And it's time for us to reach those who are lost. To help them get home. Because the goal is not solely for us to get home. To get to be with our Heavenly Father. The goal is to also make sure that everyone that we know that we see, that that hears us, knows, one, what, what we believe in, how we live our lives, but even more importantly, who we serve and how he is the only way, the truth and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. John 14, 6. I know I'm taking a bit longer than I normally do, but I think it's so important for us to just step out of our comfort zones, get off of that bench, Get onto the battlefield that is life because he's with us every single step of the way. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to do the priestly blessing, also known as the Aaronic benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, grant you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, I pray. Amen. I pray that you all have a fantastic Labor Day and a fantastic Labor Day week. I learned something this week. Evidently, in other countries, it's actually considered a kind of a communist holiday. Did not know that. All I ever knew is that I didn't have to go to school, and that way did a very good day for me. And the same is true now, since I drive a school bus. So I hope that you all do have a great day. We're planning on going to the beach and just enjoying each other's time. May you all have a blessed week, and I hope you'll tune in next week. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com 
or you can email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one-minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.